Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. It's another week and another win for the Reds and some certain demons that got exercised at Wembley. It's granted us sort of a boring news cycle, which we'll kind of get into. Twitter, for instance, dreams up egos between Salah and Mane. We'll make fun of that. On this episode of the Talk On podcast, I'm your host, Jeff Hallett, and I'm joined by the captain of our Talk On hockey team, James McGuire. How are you? Doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Hey, hopefully, you've got all teeth still. Uh, most of them. I've got good dental work for that. And I'm joined by also a newbie, not to podcasting, not to the Reds, not even to D&D, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Making his long-anticipated debut as part of the Talk On team, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Paulus. Jay. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. It just took us a minute. Jay might know a little Portuguese, so he can understand all the Brazilian on the squad better than any of us sort of rolled up. So thought we would, as we normally do, get through the final point of the match, spend a good amount of time on it. Um, if you haven't heard our instant analysis the day of from our brothers in New York, Brian and Tyler, check it out. Got all of our hot takes, but we'll dive into the match more here. And then we'll finish with at least half the time dedicated to the tie with PSG because that's important. I think Anfield will show as much in the remaining hours between now and then. So why don't we kick it off? Uh, so starting with how Spurs set up, I'll start with you. And we'll start with the newbie, Jay. We had a very different team this year versus last year. There was no Wanyama, no Ali, no Larice. Like, how did that make them different approaching this? Ali is definitely... Something that you're always going to notice is, is missing if if he's playing every week for your team and then he's not there. Uh, even though he wasn't very effective a few of the uh, of the early games of this season, he's still a player that you that you watch when he has the ball, and uh, he didn't have it at all because he wasn't there. Um, but I think that honestly, this whole season and the reason that Spurs have had such a on again off again kind of a uh, week in, week out performance where one week they're doing great and one week they're not so much. Sun is a really important player and they took a really big gamble by, by letting him go to Asia. And you're, I think you're kind of seeing it uh, on the pitch. They're, they're playing some good football when, when, when they click, but they're still working on clicking. And I think a big part of that is that uh, they had to kind of switch formation because Sun left. That and there are so many international minutes. I think everybody's struggling with it post-World Cup. But I think it impacts Spurs more than most. And James, given this limited lineup, and I know Poch has been careful not to make excuses. God celebrate him for that. What do you think this means to their title hopes this year? Uh, I, I think it's way too early to write any of the top six off uh, in a title race. Obviously, I think Man City, hopefully us, looks like potentially Chelsea are not going to drop too many points this season. So... Um, it's, it's three points, but there's still a lot more games to go. So I, I don't think that's something that they're worried about yet. We got Chelsea and our favorite Liverpool flying high very quickly, flawless. So it 
could be one of those races like last year that was over before it really began. Let's uh, let's hope anyway. So okay, enough about Spurs. LFC as they addressed a very different environment at Wembley. Start with the front and work our way back. So you had Mo with at least two clear cut chances, which an inform Mo hits, especially what we saw last year. And Bobby obviously got got his goal, and also got some in his eye. Right, mm-hmm. James. Do you have anything here about Mane Salah? How they're just not clicking yet? I mean, is that obvious to you? Well, uh, Jeff gave us a hard time uh, last time I was on in terms of being a negative Nancy. So this isn't the best question to start off with. Um, yeah, well, we haven't clicked yet. It is unfortunate. Um, I don't know how much of it's down to potential new roles and new requirements. Uh, you know, Salah moving more of a central position starting off instead of starting off further wide. More teams uh, putting two, three people on him instead of just one or two. Uh, it could also be from Mane playing more of a central role. And I, I personally don't think he's there yet in terms of decision making to kind of have that creative role where most of the attacks are being funneled through him and he has to pick and choose which attacks he needs to, you know, go full speed into with given goes and trying to beat a man or which ones it makes more sense to kind of pass it around and uh, kind of let the other players move off the ball to get open. But then one nice thing about it was Firmino was uh, playing by far the best game of this season. And I, have been reading up almost on the hour uh, on updates for him. It, it looks like he is going to be all right, but um, it is still iffy if he'll be playing tomorrow. He didn't practice, I believe, yes, uh, today. So hopefully they're just resting as precaution, and um, he should be good to go. If we can have our front three ready for PSG on Tuesday, I think we stand a really good chance. Clearly one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen and. <laughs> You know, he's walking away from it as just a cautionary tale. Wow, Jay, like for a player that's meant so much to Brazil, who I understand that you follow pretty closely and means so much to the attack. I know he's got a capable Danny sitting behind him, but I mean, not to look too far ahead, but it's happening tomorrow. (laughs) What do you think there is to make of Firmino going into this? Put on an eye patch, man. Just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, uh, um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think that, that Klopp isn't going to take any chances. Um, especially because it, it's game one of six in the group stages. So we're making it out of the group stage. I'm, I'm not sure willing Klopp would be to take a risk uh, on Firmino, especially because we have so many other different um, different games just this month and in the beginning of October as well. Uh, but I'd obviously love to see him on the pitch. I think he brings something completely special uh, uh, to the table. Um, I think Sturge is is also in really good form. So if he has to play tomorrow, I'm not complaining about it at all. Um, I would prefer him over Shakiri coming in and somebody moving centrally. Um, I, but, I, I mean, you're, you're always going to miss Firmino. Firmino is the type of player where... You know, the attack is happening and you're looking at the pitch and somebody has the ball in the wing and you're just wondering where the hell is Firmino and all of a sudden he has the ball and he's making something happen. 
uh, and nobody sees it coming. The opposition doesn't see it coming, and we don't see it coming when we're watching it on screen. And um, I think all of our other options are going to be more straightforward, um, which I think is going to take some of the edge off of our game. That's why he starts every week. But I think that we have a luxury we have enough luxury that we can afford to take a little edge off of our game and still come up with a result in Anfield. There's no question that Klopp sees the value of Firmino's how that offense runs. I mean, he's how balls get distributed. It's what makes our front three so formidable. And to your point, he's box to box, which you don't expect from your classic number nine. He His work rate and his coverage is unmatched. And I don't think you even put a Danny in there and expect much of the same. Danny's really in there to change the tone late in the game, play a limited role, not necessarily to replace him, maybe in cup games. But James, as we look, so obviously the formation is fluid up front. Mane overlapping, Salah, Salah overlapping, Bobby, you know, getting different looks in different parts of the pitch. What do you think is missing in that coordination up front? Yeah, um, it, it could also potentially be different players in the midfield giving different types of service. Uh, the past few games, especially against Spurs, it didn't seem as though uh, Robertson and Arnold were getting as far forward as they were last season. So just for an example, uh, I think we can all remember at least a handful of times last year where um, you would have either Klein or Arnold, or even Gomez coming up the right flank and doing give-and-go passes uh, to the right of the 18-yard box with Salah to give him space, whether it's to come along the end line or to cut into the corner of the 18 and get a nice little left-footed curler in. Um, now it seems as though Salah is either getting the ball completely isolated uh, along the flank and taking it up himself, where he's usually having to dribble against a couple of players, or getting the ball like the top of the 18 and he doesn't have that kind of momentum or speed where he's able to break free. But um, I'm really not worried about it. I I think it's just going to take some time to develop and uh, it would be nice if we could have knocked in a couple of more in the first 20 minutes against Spurs because anybody that watches the game, it could have been like uh, four years ago when what we're up for nothing, 22 minutes into the game. Um, I, I think once we get Keita bedded in, um, and whoever is going to settle alongside him and then how Fabinho is going to place in the midfield, um, our attack is going to be unstoppable. So I, I'm not worried about it at all. You, you mentioned Keita. Let's have a little chat about the midfield because beginning with Wijnaldum sees the back of a net somewhere that isn't called Anfield. I mean, he has meant so much in that holding role for Klopp. I I think it's going to be tough for Henderson to knock him out of there. I think you're going to see Henderson sub more in in the box-to-box eight role, for instance. Genie's really taking the reins of that. And as we sit with Fabinho, just longing to get in. And I I think you'll see more of him as we approach some of the Cub games. Klopp being very deliberate with his betting in. But Wijnaldum... (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, and this is a this is a feature of of uh, of Klopp. This isn't a feature of of Ginny. This isn't a feature of uh, any player on the pitch. Uh, Milner played left back for us for an entire season. You know, this is Klopp football. 
he sees the potential. He doesn't ask the player which position he plays. He instructs the player how he wants the player to play in his team. And uh, and he does it really well. And um, you, I mean, the the as you as you guys say here, the proof is in the pudding, right? Like Ginny's <laughs> Ginny's really and and nobody really plays one role in 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 that midfield, which is incredible. If Ginny wants to press up and score a goal away, then Milner can cover, and Milner has played the six before. And uh, Keita can cover, and Keita, uh, I, I've seen, I saw him do some really good runs uh, back all the way to all the way near Allison uh, in the Spurs game. Uh, that midfield can run, and I think that that's something that is a requirement in a clock midfield. Uh, I mean, Jim's playing six, and he scored. Look, look how long it took for Lucas Leiva. To score a goal for 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 um, for Liverpool playing the six, and Ginny did it uh, five five games into the season. It's a it's it's a different team and it's a different mentality. And this midfield is very very versatile. Yeah, and you mentioned James the betting end of Keita. I know he did a ton of work even while he, while he was finishing out his days at Leipzig, getting smart with the system and player tendencies, where they like the ball, where they don't. That's great Paul Joyce piece that came earlier in the week. But you're absolutely right. We've been watching it every week, him unlocking a feature or two in his play. And by the time, you just know by the time of the end of the season, it's going to be a totally different player. And you've got so many, so much skill that's going to really make the front three thrive. So I can't wait to see all of that go down. But we get to talk about a defense that travels. We get a D that is reliable going into probably our most frightening match looking at, you know, 11 top to bottom in PSG. But you, you've got a defense that has formed an identity even early in the season. Obviously, pairs well with how we finished the year last year, short of the final. But we've got a core that's solid. We've got backs that have potential to be the best in the world, especially in the case of Trent. I mean, uh, so I like, I like to keep my feet on the ground. Um, I remember last season, uh, a lot of people being really excited about Mignolet's performances, like five games in, uh, you know, we, we have, as a fan base, I think because we're so hopeful and because it's part of the DNA of the fan base to hope hard, you know, um, we, we, we can, we can get carried away sometimes with positives, but even trying to keep my feet on the ground, I, 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 I think that, that, that Gomez is just, it's, it's undeniable how he stepped up, you know, um, again, playing in a position that he wasn't playing last season, uh, much, uh, he was being used as a right back and now he's, I mean, you forget that he used to play right back now, you know. Yeah, you do. Because, I mean, it, you you have to wonder if Lovren's gonna is gonna come back to to this team this season. Uh, and honestly, like, I don't I don't see that happening right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's really strong. Uh, Robertson is, uh, I think, a very uh, a very charismatic uh, player. Um, he. 
he does the job really well. He's very fast. Um, he's he's not afraid to push forward. He's he's not afraid to do it smart. And yeah, I mean, there's not much else that can be said about Trent. I think that the kid's got an incredibly incredibly bright future if uh, Neymar doesn't end his career tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're getting into uh, all, all of our collective anxiety about that uh, front three that might even be better than ours visiting, finishing the game. I know that's been a challenge for Liverpool historically, but James, we, we, we saw it rear its ugly head towards the end of this, which I understand it's a function of Danny not being practiced in set-piece defense. It's been been our Achilles heel for longer than we can talk about the only blemish on this game right yeah uh, agreed and it, it is tough for him that it, it was his man that he should have been marking and coming on as a late sub especially as a forward uh usually you're the last thing on your mind is you know being turned on for uh defensive set pieces unfortunately uh it wasn't just that he didn't mark him and at the end, he also had a really lame attempt to try to block the shot. It didn't really cover himself in glory. But um, luckily, it was you know too little, too late. We might have gotten the rub of the green with the referee's decision to not award um, Son a penalty kick a few minutes later. But um, even the pundits that are against Liverpool uh, – had a hard time saying that, you know, it wasn't a deserved victory. And even though, you know, it was one call that could have gone one way or the other, uh, we were the ones that you know, deserved to walk away with all three points, especially, you know, away from home against a, another informed team, even though they might've been missing a few players. I, I felt uh, on another day when our offense was clicking a little bit more, you know, the game would have been over at halftime. 15 out of a possible 15 is a lot to celebrate for this side. Uh, we haven't seen this kind of success early in the season in a while. <laughs> so why don't we get into the match that's like the most important for tomorrow. Uh, I, collective sense of supporters and the Twitter traffic is almost like we're not in at fever pitch in terms of our interests getting up for the game, but you see a team coming in under Tuchel that has got new leadership, but it's oh so scary from top to bottom. Uh, Jay, why don't you give us a preview of who's coming to town and how much we should be frightened? Um, maybe maybe I'm going to disappoint, but um, I think that I, I I don't think that we have so much to worry about, and I think I might maybe eat those words tomorrow. Uh, because uh, that front three can can turn it on and, and, and can do damage any day of the week. But I, I watch PSG pretty closely because of the Brazilians in it, and and it doesn't seem like they uh, they really left uh, preseason mode yet. They haven't dominated all of their games, uh, and they haven't really faced any strong opposition yet. So. I, I don't know. This is this is going to be a real test for them. They're going to be away against a very informed team without having really had a challenge yet this season. Uh, and we have had challenges this season. And we've, 
you know, surpass those challenges. So I, I'm not sure that this is gonna this is gonna be too burdensome for us. But like I said, um, it's it's really difficult to say things like that when a team has Neymar, Cavani, and Mbappe up front, um, and they 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 could get the better of us um, with just those front three turning it on. Especially if we turn it off for any reason, um, but I, I don't. I, I think that Anfield is going to be a huge factor. The twelfth man. Um, I don't think. I think that a Twitter is not an accurate reflection of what you're going to see in the stadium. Um, and I think that if I lived in Liverpool and PSG was coming to town, I was going to get in the stadium, and I was going to, you know, not have my voice the next day. You'd have the red paint on, in other words. Correct. Got it. So Jay is not scared at all, James. I am. <laughs> Maybe you are. You know, Cavani, Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe. Yeah, it's, it reads almost like an all-star team or, you know, ideal 11 in Champions League. But there are some opportunities in the midfield. How do you look at Marquinhos in the midfield next to Rabiot and that back line? Like, do you see opportunities there? Yeah, uh, I I'm gonna side with this uh, with you on this one, Jeff. Uh, following Liverpool this long, you don't take anything for granted. And one of the nice things about this is, though, facing uh, Tuchel, who um, when he was coaching Dortmund in the Europa League quarters, uh, their meltdown slash our epic comeback, um, we are facing a, a coach who uh, has a little bit worse of a history with uh, big game collapses uh, in European competition. So that is a little bit uh, of feather in our cap we can take away from it. But on the field, I- I'm, I'm going to be interested to see kind of how he lines up. Um, everything that I've read about PSG so far this season is that their defense has, has not looked very solid. And with, you know, missing Buffon, is a albeit that you're not having that big of a drop-off in quality uh, and class of your backup with um, the French goalie. Their back two are, are strong, but missing you know, your, wing, your fullbacks, once again, their backups aren't a huge step down in class or ability, but it's still not their strongest back five. Um, I, I think there's going to be some gaps there. And from what I was reading, it looks like a possible formation is either going to be like a 4-2-3-1-4-3-3. I think Tuchel is familiar with Klopp's style of play and our style of play, especially recently, that he may opt to have four at the back and two um, holding midfielders for at least the first 20 to 25 minutes of the game just kind of weather the storm. Uh, You think he's going to sit sit back a little bit? Initially, yeah, definitely. Um, But I think with their ability, their fullbacks can go forward so they can open up the game that way. And then potentially if they have Marquinhos and more of a holding midfield role, he could come back into a three-man back line and give their fullbacks more of a license to play a wingback role. But this is a lot of movement, a lot of in-game management. Uh, they are asking on backup players and a back six or seven that you that you know haven't played too too much together, especially 
at this level against this type of competition at Anfield, you know, in a midweek game, um, it's a very tall, tall order. And not having Verratti or uh, Lissandra Diara in midfield, uh, they are definitely not bringing their strongest back line in midfield to Anfield. So hopefully our front line is on uh, point and sync tonight. Bobby hopefully is back in the game. And then um, as long as we don't have any, you know, glaring errors, I think, I think we're going to come away with three points, but I don't think it's going to be comfortable. Okay. So we've got very confident Jay and cautiously optimistic James and Jeff somewhere in the middle. So <laughs> Jay, tell us about what, what, what you know of Marquinhos at this point in his career. Uh, it would seem that there is opportunities with him slotted in that holding role next to Rabio. Yeah, I mean, Marquinhos is an, is an amazing talent. Um, he's he's one of the more more exciting uh, players in defense to watch uh, when we're watching uh, the Celestone, the, the the Brazilian national team. Uh, I have, I, I mean, I've never seen him in that holding position. I, I think that. It was a huge mistake that Paris made to let uh, Thiago Mata uh, retire and 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 not get a decent replacement, uh, especially because there were good players in the market. I really didn't understand that decision. Diara is not going to be up to the task for dealing with any of our uh, midfielders or forwards. Uh, and I mean, you really. I, I think Marquinhos would be more more than up to the task um, of playing that position. Uh, we've certainly seen uh, Brazilian center backs go to PSG from the uh, go to PSG and uh, and play that position in, in David Luiz, and he did fairly well, and he did well in, in the in the Champions League in that position. But he had been he had played there before. I wouldn't do this for the first time against a team like Liverpool away from home. Um, just thrusting a player in a in his first competitive match out of out of position, uh, but then again, you know, Tuchel is a is was Klopp's understudy, and, and Klopp uh, is very good, like we said before already in this pod, uh, at getting players to play different positions and 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 unlocking uh, players' talents and 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 redirecting them to to play different roles. Uh, so maybe he learned a thing or two from Klopp. Um, and I, I definitely think Marquinhos has a talent for it. Um, his distribution is good. His defensive awareness is great. He has very good pace, so, can, so he can drop back to be a third center back very quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, if he, if he does play there, I'm wondering if his job isn't just going to be uh, to provide backup for, you know, uh, the fullbacks that are going up or just to to double somebody up. And by somebody, I mean, uh, you know, Salah or or Mane or, or whoever's uh, running down the wing. <laughs> I like what you did there. That's good. Um, <laughs> James, as you look at how Liverpool might set up for this, do you think he, Klopp makes any changes from Spurs you see Henderson in there. Yeah, I've, I've been mulling this one over for a couple of days, and 
Klopp really likes to stick with uh, a set midfield and obviously his front three, if it's working well in the league, if he feels they have enough gas in the tank to go, you know, two games and we are afforded the relative luxury. I'm knocking on wood right now. Uh, they were playing Southampton next weekend, so it's not as tough of a game in comparison to the other uh, handful that we have in the next few weeks. Uh, I, I would think the only potential change is if he really wants to uh, put in um, Fabinho. Uh, Henderson has not impressed coming off the bench. Uh, he obviously has a lot of faith. Uh, Klopp has a lot of faith in him. He got a new five-year deal recently. Still their captain. But um, I, I do worry that Milner sometimes has been exposed uh, in midfield against uh, more athletic and agile uh, midfielders, which you do have in PSG. Um, Keita, I think, will be able to go you know, pound for pound with anyone in the midfield. But um, potentially, it would be a good opportunity to have Fabinho in there in a holding midfield role. And I'd like to see uh, when all of them go a little bit farther forward and kind of playing that box to box with Keita or potentially uh, Fabinho holding with Genie, And then they can take turns joining Keita in the, in the surges forward. Yeah. You mentioned that word Fabinho a few times and we've seen him on the bench. Klopp is like teasing him. For all of us, have been just sort of dry humping him, getting on the pitch, getting his first minutes. But <laughs> keeping with Klopp's history, Jay, if he's not getting minutes in the match before, it's very unlikely you'll see him in the starting eleven at least. Maybe you'll see Fabinho late if Liverpool get a lead, say first half or you know towards mid of the second half, where he usually does his subs. Do you see it any different? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean. Listen, I would love to see Fabinho in the starting lineup tomorrow, but I'm I'm very, very skeptical of that being a possibility at all. Um, also, I, I I do think that that Henderson's going to start tomorrow, which uh, is something that I'd not. Yeah, that's something that I would not like to see, but I do think it's going to happen. Uh, earlier today, I was flirting with the thought that it might be for Keita, but. I think that I think that if it if it's going to be for anyone, it's going to be for Milner. Um, I, I think that just thinking about how Klopp plays, and I mean, we're going to find out in less than twenty four hours what the truth is. Uh, but I would imagine that that Henderson might be asked to hold, and Ginny might be asked to play a little bit further forward, uh, where Milner's been playing, uh, and Keita stays in between. Um, that that's what that's what I think will happen. But I mean, if if he plays an unchanged uh, midfield, then a he needs to make substitutions uh, fairly early on in the match, uh, at least for Milner. Uh, and b we need to play all of our. I mean, Lalana needs to start against Chelsea. Like that's how bad it's going to be. Do you think Fabinho's uh, familiarity with playing against PSG and his previous team and obviously playing with some of the Brazilians and the national team uh, could potentially swing him and to get some minutes on the field, though? Yeah, I, I do think so. Um, I think that it would be a smart first appearance for him, especially if we're leading and, and 
we have a need to kind of shut the game down and 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 grab the three points. He can do that. Uh, he's done it before against PSG. Uh, he's done it in training against Neymar, and he's done it competitively uh, against Neymar uh, in in the French league. I, I'd love to see that. I really would, and I think that that's that's something that's a little bit more likely for him to come in uh, later on in the second half. Uh, to to help see things off. Yeah, and to your point about Henderson, you're kind of feeling that start coming. I don't know how you bring Henderson on. I, you bring him on for Milner, maybe. Uh, but Milner has got so much experience, especially in Champions League. Uh, you saw Klopp bring him in liberally, e- even in the early qualification stages against Hoffenheim. But for this... It, James brought up a good point about the athleticism coming at us. I don't think Henderson functions well in that spot it late i thought he did a decent job coming on late at spurs you know he could come in bring his excitement try to press you know be really excited at the ball <laughs> cause no <laughs> issues don't get him in the middle of the distribution you know henderson for all of the good and the bad is probably not our best choice at six but can function perfectly well at the eight uh but I don't see him coming early, and I hope I'm correct. I hope you're correct, too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us. Um, some do, some don't. Certainly, as it regards the f- you know front three or the back five, those positions are set. I don't think you're changing those. It's really whatever Klopp's tinkering happens to be at the midfield. And- yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to see uh, Henderson's name on, on the on the lineup uh, either. I just, I don't see how you can go from playing Saturday to playing Tuesday without changing something, especially because those guys ran. That was a competitive game. So before we get out of here, I know we've got precious few minutes before the match tomorrow, but I wanted to at least get a scoring prediction on the record. I don't know if everybody's prepared for this. James, (laughs) how do you see this one going down? Uh, I don't think... There's going to be a shutout for either of the goalies, that's for sure. Um, I, I think if we can start off well and bag one in the first you know, 15, 20 minutes, uh, there's no reason why we can't get potentially three or four goals and you know maybe win 4-2, 3-1. But yeah, I think really a lot of it's just going to come down to how our forward three are clicking, who our forward three are, and um, how we deal with you know their, their front three. It's really going to be... Uh, those six players, I think, are going to the, the biggest influences on the match. You're calling three or four. That means front three is going to get clicking tomorrow is what you're estimating. I appreciate that. Jim, uh, no, it's actually uh, two two free click uh, free kicks for Trent Alexander-Arnold, actually. Oh, nice. You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is one hot take. Jay, are you, are you seeing similar progress tomorrow? I don't, I don't think... I don't think that we have enough enough energy in in our best players uh, to play another full ninety minutes of high intensity football. Uh, I see something like two zero or two one or even one zero for us. I, I do see sh- I do see shutting the game off uh, once we are winning as part of the strategy. So yeah, so. Two zero two one one zero along those lines. Bobby Firmino with a no look goal because he got his eye poked out. 
Yeah, with the eye patch would be pretty brilliant. Thing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be a combination of the two, but the good news is we've got precious few hours before it starts, so we're going to be able to watch it <laughs> before many listen to this pod. So glad we got you guys on record. I'm I'm going to finish it off with a two nil. I think that's how it's going to come down. Uh, I think we're going to have joy against a very formidable front three <laughs> that scares me going in. But the monstrous role that Van Dyke has been playing at the center of the park and the coordination between him and Allison and our midfield, able to defend just as easily as distribute the ball and attack, I, I think we're going to surprise some people tomorrow and think we might even see higher goal returns as a result of all this. Maybe Mane, Salah, Firmino, Firmino with the eye patch, they're able to see something or get into a different gear because, hey, it's Champions League. It's, it means a lot more. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, you, you have to look at last season. And from last season to this season, we we got to the Champions League final last season and we improved our team over the summer. They didn't get near the Champions League final and they didn't improve their team. And they also saw some people leave. So I, I don't see how this swings their way. Yeah, they uh, they've been winless against English opposition, I think, the past four games. And... Uh, Champions League, and who knows if that's down to, you know, their the physicality of our game, speed, or their mentality. I mean, we saw how Barcelona, um, how how they really lost a couple of leads, especially in the knockout stages against opposition where they were the favorites. I, I would be surprised if um, either Napoli or us, you know, don't get at least one win against PSG in the group stages. I think both both of us have a similar setup team that we can you know, take three points at least from them. I'm probably the most interested in how PSG responds to the environment at Anfield. So if Anfield gets rocking, let's say like uh, knockout stages, Man City sort of rock in, how would they deal with it? You know, do they encounter that kind of atmosphere in France? I I would have to think not. Yeah, agreed and. With it, all the noise last Champions League uh, about us not having a, a difficult group and a lot of you know Hollywood names coming uh, until later in the group stage or in the knockout stages, um, I, I think this is the, the one of the draws that a lot of the Liverpool fans have been waiting for and have been getting excited for is you know big teams, big teams coming to the Anfield once again and. You know, not coming here expecting that, you know, it's going to be a win for them, that they, it's going to be a big battle. So uh, really excited to hear the, the 12th man and the banners flying and the songs. Uh, really can't wait. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I know it's been kind of an abbreviated week. You just got instant analysis over the weekend. You got the match tomorrow, but wanted to put a additional point or two on Spurs. <laughs> And really get pumped up for what we're going to see on Tuesday, tomorrow, versus PSG. So for our new contributors, particularly, Jay Paulus, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, at Jay Paulus ICG. That's, that's where I be. Very cool. And how about you, James? <laughs> Still avoiding Twitter. I'll let you know, though. James can be found <laughs> on my face wall. <laughs> <laughs> Very active there, guys. Very active. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, talk on. Talk on. Talk on, talk on, talk on.